Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We pray you would guide us and direct us through your Word. It's the Word of God that brings change. It's the Word of God that links our heart to you and guides and directs us. Let your Word speak boldly to us in Jesus' name. We start a new series, Go! And the reason we're doing this series, we have a teaching team, Bronson's a part of, and as the, the pastors, we kind of come up with series and we pray and seek God. What do we want for our church? We had our dreaming season. Bronson killed it. What a preacher last week. Very inspiring about dreams and timing. Now we want to get out of dreaming. We're into activation. We, we want to activate you into going and doing what God has called you to do. Uh, We're running the series on the titles, Go to Be an Influencer, Go Love Your Neighbour, Go Reach the Lost, Go Make Disciples, Go Find Your Calling. When I was a kid, I was a runner. And my mum found this out at two when I was on the roof. And she had to call the fire brigade to come and rescue me. Soon after, I wore a harness with a leash on it. Anybody had a runner? Your kid is a runner? I would get lost in David Jones and I'd have the speaker. There's a little boy here with a purple outfit. Purple. My mum put me in purple. Come and fit. And so I was just active. I'm a runner. And I don't know. I just, I just like being active. It's just part of who I am. I sort of run everywhere. And maybe it's the ADHD. I don't know. But I, I believe you can't steer a stationary car. And God can't steer you unless you're moving forward for Him. And so this isn't about sitting and waiting. This is about acting and moving and being led by God. And today I want to talk specifically about finding your calling in your workplace. Finding a calling in your workplace. You see, in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word created comes from the Hebrew word bara. It means to shape, form, fashion. God is a worker. He worked six days and He rested on the seventh. Genesis 2.15 says the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of even to what? To pray, to relax, to retire, to sleep. No, no, to what? To work and take care of it. Work is something good for man. It was part of the plan for mankind. It was Adam's perfect existence before the fall. Not after the fall, before the fall. In John 5.17, Jesus said, my father is always what? He's always working, and so am I. Jesus was working. He was on mission. You are called to work. You may be a plumber, stay-at-home mom, teacher, mechanic, cleaner, but you are called to work. Why? Because that's how you can build the kingdom of God. Your work is actually your ministry. Don't just see yourself as a, as a plumber or a teacher or a stay-at-home mom or a, or a truck driver. See yourself in ministry to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Here's the first thought. Your work is your ministry. Your work is your ministry. If you're a Christian, you are actually in ministry. You are all in ministry. It's not just the pastors who are in ministry. You, if you're a Christian, are in ministry. The Bible says to submit yourselves to the Lord. Submit means submission. You're submitting under a greater mission. It's the kingdom of God. Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. As you're a Christian, your ministry now is in your work. You are ministers. We gather in here, in these four walls, but we actually minister out there 
in our workplace. Vocation, which means work, vocation is your profession or, or your professional. It comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. God is calling men and women to work. you got to see your work as your ministry. Changes your whole perception, doesn't it? Oh, I'm just there to get a paycheck. You know, I'm just there to survive. No, no, you're there to minister. Then the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 31.5, Lord, I've specifically chosen Belzazel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur in the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God and given him great wisdom, ability and expertise for all kinds of prayer, all kinds of prophecy, all kinds of song leading, all kinds of drumming, all, all kinds of pastoral care. No, it doesn't say that. For all kinds of crafts. All kinds of crafts. Uh, he is the master craftsman in verse 4. He, he's expert with gold and silver and bronze. He's skilled in engraving and uh, mounting gemstones and carving wood. He is a master of every craft. God called Bazel to be a craftsman. God takes pleasure in his abilities and his skills. Isn't that amazing? I think God's only excited about those who pray or those who can teach the Word of God. God gets excited about your skill set. God gets excited that you love details and numbers. God loves those of you who are administrative behind the scenes, you know, just making sure everything's right. God gets excited about your skills. He takes pleasure that some of you are detail orientated. He loves that about you. He loves that some of you are more creative and, and, and wild in your thinking. And He takes uh, pleasure uh, that, that you like to clean and clean well and make sure everything's done on order or you like to work with your hands. He takes pleasure that you love to learn or study or teach. He takes pleasure that you like running a household like a well-oiled machine. Glory to God, Gabby. Keep that house in order. Woo! He loves that. He, he takes pleasure in your skill set. Don't just think God is only excited for those people on this platform here. He gets excited about you because He created you and put those skills in you for His kingdom and for His glory. You are just as spiritual as pastors. Your ministry is no less important than mine. Without you, we don't have a gathering. We don't have a church. You are the church. Our job is to serve you, equip you, Ephesians 4.12. Lindsay is is our accountant, CPA, and one of the most spiritual people in Elevation. She's a woman of faith, woman of prayer, woman of conviction. She might not have the title of a pastor. She'll run rings around pastors spiritually. Don't let your workplace limit you thinking to your spirituality. A plumber, a teacher, a mechanic, a stay-at-home mom, a cleaner, you are anointed. You are appointed that the power of God can come upon you in your workplace. It's your ministry. A.W. Tozer says this, Let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called and his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It's why he doesn't. And why do we work for the glory of God? Why do we work to build His kingdom? There's a misconception that only church happens in here, but you are the church. So really church happens out there Monday to Saturday. 
I was a builder for most of my life. I only pastored at 35. I jumped into pastoring. So half of my adult life has been a builder working and the other half has been pastoring. I saw my role as a builder as a ministry. And I, I was just so passionate for God. I thought, okay, God, th- th- this business that I run, this building company, you're my partner. And so I decided I would give half of all my net profit for each project to the church. And I'm, this isn't theological. It's not, God's not asking you to do that. But in my mind, it was a ministry. I, I was a builder to fund the kingdom of God. I had a purpose. I'm not saying that's the role for your workplace, but maybe it's to influence someone. Maybe it's to provide care and love. Maybe it's to pray. See it as a ministry. And that kept me in tune with God. Because suddenly I'm his partner. I'm feeling responsible to act the proper way. And so I'm praying every morning. God, would you help my business? God, I want to treat the employees right. I don't want to kill them because I want to kill them most of the time. And I don't want to pay them because they don't deserve it. And so help me. Give me wisdom, God. And so it actually kept me closer to God. There was two benefits. Well, I built the kingdom of God by financially giving to the church. But something happened in my heart that I saw myself as a minister. I better stay close to Christ. It affected my relationship with God. It kept me close. And so it helped me follow Christ, but also build His kingdom. Maybe, you know, you're at work so you can influence others. Maybe you're at work so you can pray, you can care, share your faith, do do a Bible study. You're not just a stay-at-home mum. It's a ministry. You're, You're raising leaders for the kingdom. You're not just a teacher. It's a ministry. You're influential in their life for Jesus. You're not just a plumber. You're running a godly business that others can see. See your work as your ministry. Number two, your work is your worship. Your work is your worship. 1 Corinthians 10.31, then uh, whenever you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever your work is, whatever you do, do it for what? For the glory of God. Everything we do is to glorify God. It's to glorify the Father. Every promotion, award, success, everything we do is to give God the glory. Romans 12.1, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, going, walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Your, your work is an offering. It's an offering to the Lord to bring glory to Him. So bring your best. B- bring your best. Well, Miles, look, you, you know. Uh, come on, let's be honest. I don't see my work as my ministry. I don't see it as worship. I hate my job. <laughs> it sucks, right? Well, what do we do about that? Well, let me tell you. The global poll conducted by Gallup uncovered that the world's 1 billion full-time workers, only 15% were engaged in work that they enjoyed, leaving 85% unhappy. Majority of people, and Christians are the same, don't love their work, don't enjoy their work, don't see it as a ministry. So what do you do if your job sucks? What did you do if you can't stand it? What did you do if you hate your boss? you got two options. You change it or you embrace it. Now, I don't want to be cold and harsh here, but life's too short to do something you hate you're doing. I know there's tough days, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but you're in control. You, you, you make the decisions. Pray. Seek God. 
Get some godly counsel. Maybe it's time to study. Change your career. Talk to your boss about your future. Don't let fear and comfort stop you from reaching the calling in your workplace that's on your life. Number one, you can change it. Or number two, embrace it. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever you do, do it well. I'm a believer in bring your best wherever you're at. Even while you're waiting to change it, bring your best where you're at. Work willingly, Colossians 3.23, at whatever you do. Work willingly. Do it as though you're working for who? For the Lord rather than for people. We're actually working for the Lord. You think you're working for the boss? God's bigger than this. You're actually working for the Lord. I, 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 I love work. I think it's great. And, and, and I kind of force my kids to work yeah. early on. Um, I, I get them delivering flyers, breeding bunnies, mowing lawns. As soon as they can walk or talk, they're working. Now, legally, I can't do it until they're 14. But we won't talk about labour laws. Um, at 14... Maccas, we're there. It's like graduation when you hit 14. Like the day you're 14, we're knocking on Macca's front door and, and I've got an interview set up and, and I'm coaching you how to have the interview. I'm like, come on, son, look at him in the eyes, you know. Uh, being, be, be excited to, to do, do some research on how the company's growing. And, 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 and I'm like, we're, we're going to Macca's. All my boys, they go to Macca's. That's where they all start off. And I, I drop them off and say, okay, I, I want you to bring your best at Macca's today. I, you know, SpongeBob is my hero. Come on, Let's just be the best burger maker there is. Flip those buns. Hey, 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 son, let's make it rain for Maccas today. Let's make it rain for McDonald's. Let's make some money for, for, for McDonald's. I'm not doing it for McDonald's. I'm doing it for them. So they can get some value, some understanding. They, they can have some good work ethic in, in, in their lives. If you're not bringing your best, then you're not doing what God requests. That we should be early there. We should be bringing our best at work. We should be working harder, better than the next guy. You know, I'm, I, I like to get things done. I like to do them well. You know, if I'm mowing the lawn, I'm timing how long it takes, right? If I'm doing the dishes, I'm, I'm sort of in a race to how quickly I can do it. And I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have a shower, I'll shave, and I'll brush all at once. And that saves me three, hour, three minutes a day. Listen, stay with me in this. Shower, shave, brush your teeth, three hours, uh, three minutes a day uh, over 50 years it's 40 days I've just saved let, 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 let's be efficient with the time God's given us let's what can I do with 40 days I, I can go to Italy for 40 days so you, you, your work is your ministry your work should be your worship and finally your work is your mission field your work is your mission field a plumber can reach more people than a preacher I, I can only talk to you guys but you guys have access to far more people that don't know Christ than, than I do. Jesus shares this parable of salvation in Luke 14. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come on, the banquet's ready. And they began to make excuses. And the story goes on. They said they're not coming. Now, it was custom in the days of Jesus to send out two invitations to a party. The first was to announce the event. The second was to tell all the guests it was ready. Israel, in the history, God's first invitation to man came in the Old Testament through the prophets. The second invitation in the New Covenant, the New Testament, came from Jesus. But the religious leaders rejected the second invitation. And this powerful parable 
is about salvation. It's about reaching the lost. And the master in verse 23 said to the servants, go to the highways, byways, go to the hedges and compel the people to come into my house that it may be filled. The master wanted his servant to use all persuasion to fill the feast. Jesus said compel as an indication of God's desire to see his house fill. In the same way, we should compel people to come here to church to hear the gospel. We should compel people to, hey, come. Come and check out what God's doing. I invite you to come to church. I want you to hear the gospel. I want you to sense the presence of God. I want to compel you. There should be this urgency in our lives and in our workplace to share our faith, to see people come to Christ. And, and, and I think there's something very special that's going on here in Melbourne West. We're seeing a real increase in attendance. We're seeing new people come in. And we're seeing amazing worship, beautiful preaching. This is a great church. It's friendly. It's welcoming. The Spirit of God is... We, we don't want to hide what God is doing. We, we want to invite and bring and expose what God is doing in here to more people out there. My, my one word for us, Melbs, invite, 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 invite. It can be, it's almost a compelling to, to, to bring people uh, to church. Um, it's, it's, it, it's a place what, what happens is when we invite, the, the church grows. People come to Christ. But people find family and home here. And what happens is as it grows, it actually flourishes. So what happens is as, as, in, in, as um, attendance increases, our, our tithes and offerings increase. And our spending, we, we allocate about 30% to our wages of our tithes and offerings, 30% to our building costs, and 30% to our ministries. It's our kids, youth, and young adults. That's our spread. So as the income increases, that provides more percentage to spend. If every one of you would bring one person, just one person, we'd put Bronson on full-time tomorrow. That's how it works. But what happens is then it builds these ministries of, of youth. And suddenly we've got more youth coming. So suddenly there's more young adults. Suddenly there's more on the worship team. Suddenly there's more people serving. So it's not just up to us. The church starts to flourish. And it's not about numbers. It's about health. And health comes when we're not all doing the work on our own. And I believe we're at a tipping point, Melbs. I, I just feel it. I sense it. This place is healthy. There's good governance. There's good leadership. The presence of God is here. It, it, just get that compelling in your heart to build this church and bring people so they can be saved, but also our church can benefit by having more relationships with each other. And Matthew 4.9 says, And Jesus said to follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. We often think that fishers of men is just one fishing pole, you know, just fishing for one person. But in the days of Jesus, they had multiple boats, multiple people, with nets. It was this big collaboration of a lot of people. Fishing is something we do together. And, and, and when we bring people to church together, we all sort of, hey, I want you to meet so-and-so, and I want you to meet this guy, or I want you to come to the life group, or I want you to, something else. Is, there, there, there's this, we do this together fishing. It's not a siloed, alone, we're up finding a river somewhere on our own. No, no, let's support each other. Bring someone here, they'll be loved on, they'll be cared for. If you see someone new, say hi to them. Let's fish together. 
Four ways that you can be on mission at work. We'll go quick, so write these down. Number one, be bright. Be bright in your workplace. Uh, Matthew 5.14, you're light of the world. A city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. Don't hide your faith. Don't hide your faith. Be bright. Don't be obnoxious, but be bright. Uh, Let people know what you do. Let them know that you go to church. Um, you know, let them know what you do on a Sunday. Let them see, um, you know, your, your, your faith in some way without being rude, without being obnoxious. Be bright. Be bright in your workplace. Number two, be consistent. James 3.11. Does a spring of water babble out with, with both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and grapevine produce figs? No. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Let your actions line up with your words. Actions actually speak louder than words. Be consistent. Don't be one thing on Sunday and someone different on a Monday. Uh, you know, have good work ethic. Let your credibility speak for you. You know, make a stand if you need to in a, in, in, in a quiet way that's non-offensive. Don't erode. Uh, your, your testimony by not lining up your actions to what, but, but be consistent. Uh, n- number one, be bright, be consistent, be ready. 1 Peter 3.15. And some of you ask about your hope as a believer, always what? Be ready. Be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Pray when you go to work. Maybe there's an opportunity I can share my faith with someone today. Sit in your car for a moment. Say, God, give me an opportunity today. God, this is my ministry today. I'm stepping into my ministry. This is my church that I'm, I'm going to reach. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm the preacher today. I'm, I'm just going to share my faith and I'm going to talk to someone. I'm looking. I, I'm praying for your doors to open. I'm, I'm praying for, I'm ready to answer. If someone asks, what, mate, what are we going on, churchy? What, what are you all about? I just love God. You know, just be ready to answer. Do, do a little bit of study. How do I? We all think we don't know enough. I think I don't know enough every day of the week. But what you know, you've just got to use. And so share your testimony. Tell them how good God is. Be ready. Number one, be bright, be consistent, be ready. And finally, be bold. Be bold. 2 Kings 5.1. But through Nahum was a mighty warrior. He suffered from leprosy. And at the time, the Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And amongst their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. Remember this young girl. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria and he would heal her of leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said, go and visit the prophet. Naaman goes to Elisha. He's told to wash seven times in the Jordan and he's healed. It was a little servant girl that spoke up to this big leader. It'd be like, it'd be like someone in security of Apple going up, you know, to the CEOs and saying, hey, you know, I need to pray for your child who's ill. Man, what courage that must have taken. What a hero that this young servant girl would speak up. Be bold. You know, 39 out of the 40 miracles happened outside of the church building. What if you were bold and prayed for someone in your workplace? What what if you were bold and just invited them to church? What's the worst thing they're going to say, right? No. 
Don't let a rejection or a no stop you from potentially seeing someone come to Christ. We've got the greatest news on the planet. It's Jesus Christ. Um, We've got the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. We've got a beautiful church where God is honoured. We're humble and we just love people and we're not clicky and closed. We're open. We're we're generous. We're we're welcoming. We're we're kind. Man, we've got the best kept secret, I think, uh, in Melbourne. This church is amazing. Let's, Let's not hide it. Father, I pray today as the band comes, I want us to speak Jesus over our workplace. I want us to speak Jesus over each one of you, that you would see your workplace as your ministry, that you would see your workplace as your worship, that you would see your workplace as your mission field. I pray you'd go before us. We would see our workplace as our ministry, our worship, our mission field. Father, you'd be honoured and glorified. Still praying today with eyes closed and heads bowed as we do every service every week. Maybe you've never known that you're in ministry. Well, Well, that's the whole reason Jesus came and died and rose again. Number one, to save you but also to release you into your ministry, that you can live for a higher calling, a higher purpose, something bigger than this earth. It's called eternity. Heaven and hell hang in the balance. People are going to hell every day without Christ. We have a great responsibility to share the truth that there is another way through Jesus to be saved. And maybe today you've never looked at it that way. And you're saying, I I, want to be saved. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be on mission. I want to have a ministry. If you don't know Christ, man, we're, we're, we're here for you. We love you. And every one of us are at this point. At some time in our life, we had to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And I believe today is your day. Eyes closed and heads bowed. That's you, you know. it. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus. The Bible says it's born again. You want to be changed forever. If that's you, boldly, wherever you are in this place, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you and believe God to save you and to change you. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put that down. That's so great. We're excited for you. Others, just raise your hand. This is your day to set your life right with the Father in heaven. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Church, let's all pray this prayer together. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Be my Lord. Help me to follow you all the days of my life.